Coming up on Podcast 1929, Cadillac enters Europe again. The BMW iX2 and Tesla's 4680 cells improve. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information. Here's what happened on Thursday, the 12th of October. I'm Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story in the last 24 hours, so you don't have to. I'm here to save you time. Now, here's what's been going on. Tesla marked a notable achievement in their production of their own 4680 battery cells. That is a measure of the dimensions, the exterior dimensions of the cylindrical cell. 20 million have now been made, that cell production at Giga Texas. Remarkably, that figure was doubled in less than four months. The 10 million cell number was only achieved in June earlier this year. These 4680 battery cells come with some impressive specs, five times more energy than the 2170s or the 2700s, a 16% hike in range and a six times increase in power. Of course, they are physically bigger, uh, but there is a reduction in cost as well per kilowatt hour, a 14% reduction in kilowatt hour. Uh, cost. However, uh, back in 2021, it wasn't all smooth sailing for Tesla. The company encountered challenges, ramping and delaying their entry into the market. Fast forward to February earlier this year, they reported 1 million of them had been made. That number was hit at their Fremont location. After Giga Texas was launched in spring of 2022, they shifted focus to cell production there. And what about their future plans? Well, the Cybertruck will run on an 800 to a 1,000 volt architecture. We don't know the exact specs, but we do know that the semi-truck runs on that. And Elon has said, and recent engineers have said, and Cybertruck will too. And so we know that they'll use the 4680 cells. On the delivery front, Elon Musk mentioned full-scale Cybertruck production will be sometime 24, but there'll be limited production this year and there will be customer deliveries. Maybe that'll be staff, which is how Tesla always begin, uh, sometime in 2023 even if that's going to be New Year's Eve, they say they'll do it. Now, Ford is collaborating with SK On in a joint venture called Blue Oval SK, and they are upping the wages at that joint venture. Enhancing salaries at their upcoming battery manufacturing facilities located in Kentucky and Tennessee. The wage hike aims to placate the currently striking auto workers and recent surveys have shown how much of the American public are actually in support of the workers and fully behind that. Uh, Newly proposed wage structures include maintenance technicians and associate technicians are on $37.50. The Auto Workers Union is pressing for the integration of existing and forthcoming EV battery factories into a four-year agreement with the big three. UAW's demands aren't unprecedented. GM has acceded to such conditions. UAW's President Sean Fain confirming last week GM incorporated EV battery plants into their new nationwide agreement with General Motors. Ford saying they are now at their limit, paying $37.50 an hour for a technician, and they can go no further. The union are not in agreement with that. Now let's talk about General Motors positioning Cadillac at the forefront of their renewed push into the European market with direct sales. Now back in 2015, there were 45 Cadillac dealers in Europe before they pulled the Cadillac name out of Europe. But that year, eight years ago now, uh, they sold only 781 cars from 45 dealers. And you can understand why they pulled the Cadillac brand out of Europe. But 
it's coming back. And a comprehensive comeback. It starts in with a small rollout in Switzerland. No physical dealerships this time around. You can buy the Lyric directly from the company. So often I talk about the Lyric, and I, I talk about the Lyric in terms that I don't get invested in, because I think, well, I can't buy a Lyric. So I'll make sure I do a good job on the podcast of describing this vehicle, of talking about this vehicle. But it's different to when I talk about cars either that I own or I might buy one day. There is that little that's a nuance. You get a little more invested in cars that are sold in your country as much as I try and be you know, totally professional on this podcast. Um, and now that I know the lyric is coming here, I think, oh, maybe I think differently about the lyric. Is that is that wrong of me? Um, this direct buying process is facilitated through a digital buying experience with expansion plans in sight. Cadillac Europe will return to five European countries after Switzerland, they say, over the next couple couple of years yet to be disclosed those markets and the specific car models but yeah you'd think the lyric is right up there now let's talk s volt energy once part of great wall motor they've now partnered with bmw as a battery supplier now bmw let me think already had catl and eve energy as battery suppliers bmw adding S-Volt Energy. They'll provide BMW with 90 gigawatt hours of battery capacity here in Europe and a huge deal valuing about 13 billion US dollars equivalent, 96 billion RMB. Now, back at the start of this year, BMW was on the hunt for suppliers to fulfill the batteries they needed, which they put at about 160 gigawatt hours a year. The remaining 70 gigawatt hours demand for China will be distributed between CATL and EVE Energy. Now, BMW had previously unveiled the battery supplier ties with those two companies back in September last year. But S-Volt's emergence took many by surprise this week. Uh, They have many plans in the pipeline to establish two cell production lines explicitly for BMW here in Europe and to create related battery module and pack production infrastructures as well. The cells that S-Volt will deliver to BMW will be their short blade cells for BMW's next-gen electric vehicles, using a cell-to-pack configuration. In 2025, BMW will integrate their new class platform. That one uses cylindrical cells. The new class platform will use cylindrical cells, uh, sixth-generation lithium-ion cells that they say are 20% more energy-dense than their current tech, giving them about 30% range boost uh, over current tech, and about 30% charge speed boost as well. So uh, that's with the cylindrical cells. Not sure what these S-Volt cells, the, these blade batteries, will be used in. I mean, BMW's got uh, plenty of vehicles they can put those in, so we'll wait and see. Now let's talk about Skoda and the ENIAC. Now, the ENIAC IV, which is being renamed the ENIAC, is uh, getting the same boost as I talked about yesterday with the uh, ID4 and the ID5 from the mothership, Volkswagen. So, The ENIAC 80 is now renamed the ENIAC 85, and the all-wheel drive variant, the 80X, is now called the 85X. The ENIAC 60 is untouched with its 58-kilowatt-hour battery, WLTP range, 249 miles for the Tiddler battery, which is three miles more than before. For the new names, the 85, 85X, and VRS versions, they get the big boy 77-kilowatt-hour usable battery and an extended range. The most notable for the ENIAC Coupe, the VRS version, 16 more miles on WLTP to 340 with its twin motors, and 0-60 in 5.5 seconds. That's a second quicker than the 
outgoing model. Fastest accelerating production Skoda ever. And both the all-wheel drive versions have been upgraded with the tech I talked about on yesterday's podcast for the VW ID4, ID5. So the big battery will now peak charge at 175 kilowatts. Renault, or Renault, and their... EV spin-off unit. We've seen this with Ford and Ford divvying up the company to focus on combustion and electric. Well, now, you know, Renault are doing the same and their EV unit is called Ampere and they're targeting a valuation of it for uh, 10.5 billion US dollars. That's 10 billion euros. That's cited by Renault CEO Luca DeMeo. Ampère's name honours André-Marie Ampère, the French physicist and mathematician. Now, in addition to this move spinning off Renault's electric bit of the business, there'll be a structural shuffle going on. Five divisions encompassing EVs, combustion, Alpine, the sports car, financial services and mobility and recycling. An ambitious road ahead, they say, as they transition to electric vehicles in Europe completely by 2030. Combustion will be gone over the next seven years. Holding a significant stake is the French government in Renault, 15%. And it's the importance of maintaining uh, vehicle production in France for Renault. And of course, Nissan, which is Renault's enduring alliance partner, injecting $663 million into that spin-off when it is eventually, I think early next year, Ampere will be spun out of Renault. Now, let's talk about the BMW iX2, the powertrain derived from the iX1. So many similarities here. Body shape, very different, by the way. I love the look of the iX2. Anyway, tech specs, 64.8 kilowatt hour battery, a motor on each axle, 313 horsepower, all-wheel drive. Those numbers are for their boost effect, as they call it. On the WLTP European cycle, iX2 will do 279 miles of range on the 17-inch wheels. That's about the same as the iX1, a little bit more, actually. Both vehicles have a top speed of 112 miles an hour. Rear-wheel drive variant of the iX2 will go 296 miles. With more efficiency using the rear axle motor, uh, you could end up with a 300 and something number when it's officially WLTP certified. Both the iX1 and iX2, obviously sharing tech specs, have the same charging rates, peak speed of 130 kilowatts, an 80% charge from 10% in 29 minutes, they say. Further insights on the specifics of the uh, rear-wheel drive version, that's the maximum range version, uh, will be a 2024 model year, will be unveiled before the end of the year, they say. In terms of the size of this, it looks like a... um, a, a nice mid-segment hatchback BMW. So if you are in the market for something kind of practical, uh, but also not overly large, the iX2, their new electric vehicle, fit, could fit the bill. I'd encourage you to investigate. We'll take a quick wee break, and then, not a wee break, a wee break, and then, careful how I say that, we'll talk about UK public charging and Nissan sales skyrocketing back in a moment. 
If you'd like your podcast ad-free, that's easily done. You know, just sign up to Patreon. It's how we get this podcast on the air. It's how I pay my bills. And you can do that via patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Thank you to every individual and company that puts this on the air and makes it available for free to everyone else who listens. Now, Stellantis recently unveiled plans for their second EV battery plant in Kokomo, Indiana. The location already houses another battery plant by the company. Both establishments are collaborative efforts with Samsung S. It's going to be called the Star Plus Energy Facility, a big investment of 3.2 billion US dollars by Stellantis to generate 1,400 new jobs and open fully by 2027. And it'll be a total investment of 6.3 billion when you look at both of those Indiana plants from Stellantis. The first plant should be open in 2025, so they're building that right now. And the estimated budget was going to be 2.5 billion, but that has seen a rise of maybe five, six hundred million over the time that uh, they've announced that project. Apart from the United States, Stellantis is expanding their EV battery production footprint to Windsor, Ontario, and facilities are underway in Europe as well. Hey, well done, Nissan. Your EV sales in the US saw big growth, but yes, detractors would say they couldn't get much worse. I suppose they could. Uh, but, yeah, 376% year-over-year growth. But let's look at the raw numbers, and that's in Q3 of this year. It was just 6,000 vehicles. And that's still the best quarterly EV result for Nissan since 2014. Oh, Nissan, we love you, but you had such a lead, didn't you? And you blew it. Uh, it doesn't place them at the top of the BF manufacturers in the United States, but it is a good indicator, very good news for Nissan to have after a long period of just damp, uninspiring EV sales to have a, a 6,000 month, a quarter, sorry, 6,000 <laughs> month would be nice. A 6,000 quarter is good. Leading the charge is the all new Nissan Aria, uh, which sold 4,500 units in the quarter overshadowing clearly the old favourite, the Nissan Leaf. The once popular Nissan Leaf, the formerly best-selling vehicle EV in the world, the Nissan Leaf. Cumulative sales this year for Nissan in the US, 15,500 pure EVs sold, which is a big increase. Uh, taking a broader look, they've sold almost 200,000 BEVs uh, in the United States for a brand that once spearheaded the EV market. Uh, it's an underwhelming tally, but in 2014 alone, they sold 30,000 Leafs. That's such an early lead in the US. Uh, the Leaf, a much-loved vehicle, but they let that lead go, didn't they? Now, let's finally talk about a big number for... I love these milestones. A big number for the UK. 50,000 public EV chargers. Data from Zap Map reveals the 50,000 number uh, was hit, and they even tracked when they added it to their database. It was an ultra-rapid uh, set up by MFG, which is convenient, because MFG is a Zap Map partner, as in you can use your Zap Pay app to charge MFG. I think you can, at least. I'm sure that was just a coincidence. Uh, the accomplishment highlights significant strides in the expansion of the charging infrastructure here in the UK. Uh, specifically, recent stats disclose a 68% increase in ultra-rapid charge points since this time last year, September 2022, and also a similar boost in Level 2 charges as well. Taking a look at the number, the numbers, the 40,000 benchmark was achieved in February earlier this year. 30 
20,000 charges in February of last year, 20,000 charges in September 2020, and 10,000 charges back in August 2018. So projecting forward, ZapMap say uh, the UK could have 100,000 public EV charges by August 2025. It's important to note public charging is one piece of a puzzle. Charging habits is all about your lifestyle. And a, a lot of people prefer home charging because if you've got a driveway or even if you can charge at home somehow, overnight charging is so much cheaper and good for the battery as well. There's street charges, destination charges, en route stations, and we need all of them to work. Addressing a barrier to EV adoption, the perceived scarcity of public charging, and in some cases the actual scarcity of public charging is a major concern. The hope to eliminate obstructions in planning and grid infrastructure is a key part of uh, the opposition party here, the Labour Party, who hope to win power next year, saying that they will focus on freeing up the planning process when it comes to infrastructure, recognising that getting a grip on the electrical infrastructure and the planning around it and how many years some people have to wait uh, is a key to driving this thing forward. And that's your podcast for today. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting. Our premium partners are Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East and Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East. Also, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel. Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made so simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments. They provide all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.